0: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. My name is Sudhisha and I'm a junior research scholar with the Shila Institution. Where well, I work with Sridhar on a project called 20 Million Jobs, where we paint a picture of how India's policy landscape will look like for creating 20 million jobs per year. Today, I have with me Nitya, who was a batchmate of mine when I was studying in Takshashila's GCPP program. She has a bachelor's degree in political science from Galki University, and now she's going to pursue her master's in public policy from OP General University. Hi, Nitya, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Sudisha. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I am in awe of everything that Takshashila does, and uh, it is definitely a pleasure to be back on this platform
0: thanks satya so today we are going to talk about the low women's labor force participation rate in india so i was reading news recently and i i saw that in one of the latest surveys uh, it's been pointed out that the labor force participation in india has increased slightly in the last one year so Around 2017-80, it was hovering around 18% in India, which is incredibly low when you compare it with the international average of around 48%. But recently, it's been pointed out that this labor force participation has increased to around 25.1%, which is pointed out in a PLFS survey done by the National Statistical Office. But it's still not enough. Let's be very clear on that. We are far from where we want to be in terms of women participating in our labor force. So I wanted to cover the reasons why we have such a low female labor force participation in India. And I think in the last segment of the podcast, I wanted to touch on what exactly will take us there, right, where we can post about and we have a country where women are participating in the labor force. Uh, so let's start with uh, some reasons. And I would like to hear from you on why do you think we have so few women participating in jobs in India?
1: Right. The thing is that if we look at the broader periods of time from, say, 2005 to 2020, actually, if, I, if we divide the time frames based on the surveys that were conducted, the levels have dropped consistently the levels of participation and the causes that we can attribute to this first and foremost is the division of labor the division of household work women are considered to be primary caregivers and the division of work at home is perhaps is one of the greatest reasons why women are not able to they are compelled to opt out of work This gender bias translates into how they are at the workplace, how they're treated at the workplace. Women, for instance, there are legal caps on their participation, if if I may divulge into. The factory laws in the manufacturing sector, they put a cap on the work hours for women, and that is not done for men, which is the reason why they are not hired enough in the manufacturing sector. This is perhaps also seen in the maternity benefits that are given to women. The policies recognize women as the primary caregiver, which is the reason why the law is for them. But in countries like Sweden, if you look at, they have not identified just women as the caregivers and the they, it is quite gender neutral it's for both the parents so what happens when women take maternity benefits they take a break and that leads to a significant drop in their income levels when they rejoin back and it's very difficult to join back because the opportunities for them because of the break that they've taken the maternity break that they've taken significantly drop. so it's not equal in any sense these two points covered i particularly believe that there are policies that are trying to provide a solution for this drop in employment but it hasn't had the effect it intended to it has had the opposite effect so that's what i think are the primary reasons but i would love to hear more from you about what you think um could be more reasons why women are not equal partners in the workforce yeah
0: so Fortunately, in, in the project that I just mentioned, I've been working on at Takshashila, uh, I've done quite a bit of research on why women labor force participation rate is so low. And I think one of the primary reasons is that there's occupational segregation in India, which means uh, for anyone who's not aware of the term, it means that in particular occupations or jobs, the roles of men and women are divided. So if you look at agriculture, for example, so nowadays, I would say ever since the green revolution in India, there's been a lot of uh, use of machineries and just in, in, in general automation is increasing, right? So uh, it's the men who are required to operate those heavy machineries and to, you know, right, there's no place for women there. So what they're left with is work on the fields. So they are harvesting, they are sowing crops and all that, right? They're weeding and other tertiary activities which happen in agriculture. Now, these activities are not recognized as valid activities in agriculture, right? It's basically a part of their household work that your husband is going to a factory for processing of whatever crop that is being grown and you have to cook for your family you have to wash clothes and then when it's afternoon you have to go to the fields and you have to do this work because the fields belongs to you right okay. so there's, there's this huge occupational segregation I've, I've seen this in person also when i visited uh, himachal for example right you go to himachal pradesh and you see that because it's a tourism-based industry there you will see that there are a lot of uh breakfast shops there and you will see that they are making all these Indian breakfasts for all the tourists there and when you enter those shops the man who is managing the household but it's the women who are cooking there and the woman is generally their wife or their daughter and there's no recognition for that work it's a part of your household work so it goes unpaid so that's one of the big reasons why women's role is just not Identified in terms of participation in the labor force. It's just like something that they just have to do because they exist. I think another reason is that there is a rise in disposable income in India. So we cover this a lot that India has gotten richer even though it has not increased the number of jobs. So uh, by that we mean that just imagine a family right where the husband is earning enough For the wife, for their parents, for the children. And there's just no need for someone else to participate in the labor force. So I think uh, knowing that we live in a patriarchal society, the woman personally or through coercion of force may not want to participate in the labor force because there's just not a need for that in the family so there's a passion for work per se it's just that you work for the money and because you have enough money you just don't need to participate more and then there are some other reasons which is you've already pointed out that you know there are general biases at work and now with automation i know companies like Deloitte for example or any other companies factories especially they are running 24 hours a day but it's the women who are just working in the morning shifts they can't work at the night shifts and all of this is very prevalent around you right you go to let's say a mall and you go to a food court you visit in the morning and you see that women are at the counters they are making your junk food or whatever And you go late night and you'll see that it's just men. There are no women there. And that's the reason why, because of safety issues and maybe perhaps it's even in the labor laws that women are not required to do heavy work, to work with heavy machinery. All of these little factors, right, they combine together to become one complex problem, which is that we just don't have a social and economic landscape for women to thrive in. Right, It's not easy for them to go out of their homes, get a job, work. When they are being hired, they are not at a position to be hired above men because of you know all the maternity leave things that you know. And we have to think from the perspective of men also, right, that because of COVID, so many businesses have incurred losses and they just don't have enough money to give to any employee, right? So I think the bias occurs because of that also, that these businesses are just not profitable enough. So they want to have employees who can stick around and kind of, and not women who might need maternity leave or who might need to take care of the parents at home or whatever household duties that, you know, they are, or they might want to leave at 5pm because they have to take care of their kids or whatever, right? All the unpaid chores that become a part of a woman's life without her even asking for it. So all these issues combine to become a problem. So now let's, now that we've uh, discussed this, I think we can take a break and we'll return shortly. Okay, we're back. So now we'll talk about how exactly this can improve. I'd like to know from you, Nitya, what you think are some of the ways in which women can be encouraged to participate more in the labor force.
1: Right. To answer this, I would like to share a personal experience that I had uh, encountered when I was working with the women community in Delhi as a part of non-profit for organization. So we were working with a set of women, and they were eager to start something on their own. And these are women from the lower rungs of the society who do not have enough capital or resources to start something on their own. And some of the hindrances that they were facing to start anything, say even if they want to create some craft or utility products, was that they didn't have enough internet resources to learn things. What usually happened is that if the household had one internet connection, a data pack It would get exhausted due to their children attending online classes, and they wouldn't have the internet to take training sessions that we were trying to provide them. So, these are the problems that they were facing to start anything on their own. So, I believe that a lot of times when opportunities, if we want to create entrepreneurship as a space for women where they can work on their own terms, they can work on can work according to what their capabilities are so for that we need more strong policies where we are able to kick start their careers through this path so i believe entrepreneurship to be very promising provided if there are adequate resources that women can have an access to secondly i believe a lot of policies that are made say maternity benefits or labor or work uh work, timing, hours, whatever uh, these policies are trying to address, they have to be re-looked at because they are having unintended consequences than the desired impact. So I think these two things have to be looked at, in my opinion. But I would love to know what you think about it. Yeah, so I have so many opinions on this, right? We
0: really need a social revolution when it comes to, you know, get more women to participate in the labor force. First of all we need to stop seeing women as extension of men that you know you go you go uh, I, I was talking to a friend the other day who used to be my ex colleague and she told me that she uh, she went to buy a car and she could not get a loan unless there was a male co-signer with her so you can't get a loan individually that way i honestly have to look more into it on how much true that is whether it was just for her case or something. But we all know that when you, let's say, when you go to fill any form, your spouse's or your father's name is asked and you go to take a loan and it's just not possible for you to get it without a man, right? So all of these things are there which deter women from becoming independent, right? Uh, So I think that's what the government and the legal system needs to realize Uh, And probably the policymakers need to push this when they are making policies for the government that, you know, you can't look at women as extension of men. If you think that a woman is not literate enough or uh, just not experienced enough to, let's say, take credit for her prospective business, then Maybe the social revolution can still happen alongside you formulating policies that can encourage them to come forward and use more services, right? I think that's something that we really need to start thinking about as policymakers. Another thing that I think is very important is, in general, just make policies which are employee-friendly. So now that we've established that the caregiving role comes on women. Just by default, right? Let's just assume a world where that's okay. How do you get women to participate in the labor force despite that? And I think that the way of doing that is to just make policies that kind of you know encourage them to participate despite the caregiving role in their life. So one of those could be that just allow work from home. If they can work at home and they can take care of their children at the same time. You can probably set up like a child care facility in your office where they can bring their kids and they can probably you can you know the unless until uh, the time the children are going to school, they can be cared for there. I worked at an office where there were menstrual leaves. So that was very beneficial. Although we had to compensate for that on the weekends, but it was still a start. So, you know, these kind of policies make it seem like, okay, the company is thinking about me and they're giving me all these benefits. So I need to kind of, you know, step up my game as well and I need to participate as well. So I think those policies can definitely help. And the point that you said, that we need to increase access to technology. So there are many reports that show that women use technology very less as compared to men. And the reason for that is that they generally don't have the devices to do that. So I think as a part of a usual infrastructure development scheme, I think this should also be taken as a priority. Women spend so much time doing Menial chores in the rural areas, right? They go long distances to fetch water. They have to assemble wood for it to use as a fuel for cooking, right? They spend so much time on all these chores. And this can be avoided if you develop robust rural infrastructure, which does not, you know, just, I mean, all these rural places are either prone to floods or droughts or whatnot, right? These things should not collapse the infrastructure that you're building should not collapse in the blink of an eye just when a disaster hits, right? It should be robust. It should stick along. And I think that will help women because finally they'll have the time to focus on something else. And that's, that's I think, very important. So all these combinations, right, of skill development and women, of making work-friendly policies, of investing in rural infrastructure and improving access to technology, I think these are the main reasons which can help women in participating in the labor force. But at the same time, I think, and I'm not, I don't even know how can this be made possible, is how we create like a social revolution but not just men I mean this doesn't just fall on men I think even women are you know even they have to like step up and recognize that you know what you have to work you can't just be satisfied with being an extension of a male entity in your life Uh, you need to have your own financial independence and you need to have your own you know the anytime you can walk out because you are independent enough to do so so that kind of social mindset that change needs to come and it needs to come from both men and women it, just the men cannot be they can just can't be responsible for that kind of revolution it's the women also that they have to work collectively on this issue okay so I think we can end our discussion here we've covered the reasons and we co- we've covered like a general overview of what can help this problem. Thank you so much for joining me, Nitya, and I hope uh, we can discuss on something else the next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.